develop the dance. We all develop the dance. Mm -hmm. What I dance today, they didn't dance 20 years ago. We are developing the dance. But I cannot add on the ballet dance jazz movement. It just doesn't work. Whether you're a professional dancer or just started falling in love with ballet dance, welcome to the Ballet Dance Live podcast. Here, we are diving deep into all facets of ballet dance world that cannot be found in a workshop or an audience seat. Every week, you will find new, honest, thought-provoking, inspiring, and educational conversation with top leading professionals of our industry. I'm your host, Jana Komornitska, and I'm honored that you are part of our dance tribe. Hello, everyone. I am so happy you tuned in to the Balladance Life podcast. And not only we have amazing interview and episode today with uh, absolutely gorgeous Mohammed Shaheen, but also we are just a few days before launching our second Balladance Life podcast challenge. Yes, rules are already announced and I see all your reposts on social media, which is so exciting and so encouraging. It makes me so happy. So thank you so much for your interest and your excitement. I see how impatient you are uh, to wait a few more days just before we start learning our uh, drum solo choreography created by five different teachers, me, Sadi, Igor, Kish, Kadali, and Cassandra Fox. All these teachers were featured previously on the podcast, so if you missed any interviews with them, go ahead and check previous episodes. All of these conversations were absolutely jewels and treasure boxes of inspiration, motivation, knowledge, and uh, just useful and uh, helpful tips for your dance uh, journey. All rules of how to participate in the challenge is super easy. They are basically the same as uh, previous time, uh, half a year ago when we did our first challenge. Uh, but this time we'll have so many more cool gifts prepared for you. I just did a post on my Instagram showing all the range, but we have over a dozen of gifts. So there will be a lot of lucky winners. And also, just a reminder, this is not a competition per se. We are not competing. You are not competing with each other. So your dance level doesn't really matter. Either you're a beginner or you're already professional. Everyone is very welcome and everyone will have a chance to win some gifts. But uh, more important, everyone is a part of our Balladance community. And that's what we are also trying to build with this podcast and uh, uh, also these challenges. Last time we had a blast of emotions of just feeling that we are dancing together and supporting each other and it was so encouraging to see also your comments on each other's videos not only on your own uh, or your own just close friends but you were following each other and supporting each other and encouraging that was so motivating and so inspiring. So, if you uh, missed uh, what's going on, uh, we are starting our second challenge on November 25. It's Instagram challenge where we're going to share one complete drum solo choreography with you created by five different teachers. First video is, will be already out on Monday, November 25. 
you can go ahead and check all rules and details either on Instagram, find the announcement post on my feed, or you can go to the webpage yanadance.com slash challenge. I will include link to the challenge uh, in the show notes to this episode, so you can easily find it and find out about all rules, all teachers, and all amazing gifts, as well as check links to the previous interviews with the teachers. Also, I hope you noticed and liked our new uh, intro to the podcast and uh, uh, new beginning of each episode. And by the way, I changed the message and uh, beginning, but I still left the same uh, track on. We are still using the same part of drum solo track from the very beginning of our podcast. And this soundtrack is actually a part of drum solo composition by Pedro Bonato, which we are using for our second Instagram challenge. So when I was thinking about which drum solo to use, which exact composition to use for this challenge, it kind of uh, came very natural. Of course, it has to be that one. So now I hope you already recognize for those who already downloaded the song and listened to it, I hope you now recognize and now you will dance uh, uh, even more every time that you hear the beginning of the podcast. And you'll have our uh, challenge choreography in your mind um, now. Well, it's time also to dive into our today's episode. And uh, I was hoping to feature this guest for such a long time. And finally, we managed to do it. And it was a double pleasure to do it also in person, meeting at Orient Empire Festival in Odessa with incredible Mohammed Shaheen, who is world-known master, instructor, performer, choreographer of Egyptian, Oriental and folkloric dance. Natively from Egypt, he is currently living in New York, but traveling all around the world with his workshops and classes. He is co-organizer, director and instructor of annual Rocks of Course Egyptian Dance Festival in Cairo, as well as organizer and owner of annual New York Cairo Rocks Festival in New York, US, as well as producer of very famous instructional DVD series Dance Like an Egyptian. I am very grateful uh, to him to have such a honest and open conversation and we dive to so many topics i literally had such a hard time choosing uh, which aspect of our conversation to highlight in the title and description <laughs> uh, and teasers for social media uh, but uh, i hope uh, um, actually i know that all of you will find something to take away from this interview and uh, by the way let me know afterwards which exact part uh, spoke to you the most and uh, which one was the most helpful or useful or relatable to you we really talked about so many different things that i don't want even to spoil you'll just hear it in this amazing conversation uh, which will start in just a moment but before i also want to say thank you to our supporters Baladance evolution for supporting this podcast jelena's bd is excited to debut their fifth production the jungle book at the world of orient festival in march 2020 
Jelena takes you on a magical adventure following Mowgli through the jungles of India. The story is brought to life through colorful and vibrant international dances performed by Kapoor, Sharon D'Souza, Luna Pumian, and of course Jelena with new music by Paul Dinletier and Kader Ahmad. See show dates at BaladanceEvolution.com or audition for the cast at JoinBD.com. Hello, Mohammed. Uh, welcome to the podcast and thank you for taking time right in the middle of festival. <laughs> I know it's the busiest, craziest uh, time for artists. So thank you for taking time to chat with us today. <laughs> yeah, thank you for being with me. And yes, I know it's been a long time. Uh, I couldn't make it, but here we are in person. Uh, then it will be much easier. Yeah, it's a double pleasure, not only mm -hmm. actually to do interviews with you, but also do it in person. Um, before we dive into all like dance activities that you are doing now, can you please tell us how dance uh, entered your life in professional way? Because as Egyptian, it probably was from the early yeah. <laughs> years, but how did it happen that you entered this as a uh, profession? Okay, uh, it started it started with me. Uh, I never wanted to be a professional dancer. I didn't want it to be performer. I didn't want it to teach. I, I didn't mean to do any of that. Everything comes to me. In the dance, everything comes to me. Only the beginning. Uh, in, in, in my childhood, I was in love with dance. I was always dancing. On my birthdays and any parties, I would just start dancing taking a small drummer and start drumming. Mm. So, and then in the age of 14, I decided to do something about it. Uh, I decided to look around my house where they have, like, of course, I was watching also Mahmoud Rida movies and Farida Fahmi and Rida Troub and Dance Troub with Samir Sabri, all in the TV, and I loved it even more. So, in my age 14, 15, I decided to do something about it. Then... Uh, I was looking around my area where I live for like a place where they have like a traditional folkloric group. Mm -hmm. So I found a sport club which held uh, uh, like folkloric group. So I went there just because I love to dance. I went there to watch a rehearsal. I even fell in love more after I watched the rehearsal because it's not just dance. It's dance and fun and boys and girls and laughing and mm -hmm. dancing, music. It's like, I loved it even more. So after the rehearsal, uh, I, I, I asked the choreographer if I, if I can join. And he's, he asked me back. He said, are you a dancer? I said, no, I never danced, but I would love to. This is how it started. He, he asked me to come tomorrow with a training clothes. And this is how we start mm -hmm. as a hobby dancer. Then I would therefore like three years and then I decided to do something more then I went to school of Kamea Troupe in Ballon Theater in Cairo I've been there for two years and once I finished rehearsal it, it, it was training every day from from five to nine so around nine o'clock after I finished training I went outside I changed my clothes and I went outside on the exit door waiting for my my friends to come out. Then he would come, two guys, they're walking toward me, two big guys walking toward me, and they asked me, are you a dancer? I said, yes, I am. 
they asked me, do you want to, would, would you like to work? I said, sure. That was like, I was not professional dancer yet. So they, uh, they said, okay, we need four dancers for Samir Sabri, a singer. Samir Sabri at that time, he was like the most superstar. You see it only T in the TV. And he comes to me right, right front of my door, asking me to work with him. So I said, no, you're joking. You want me to work with Samir Sabri? You're joking. I didn't believe in the beginning. And then he said, okay, tomorrow, four o'clock in Cairo Sheraton. This is how it started with me as a professional wow. dancer. It's almost like a perfect Halloween story. Because <laughs> at 9 p.m., two huge yeah. dudes come to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember it was uh, exactly what year it was. 1991 mm. that was the first time 1991 yes i remember until now i still have the picture in my mind that was the very first professional job or professional gig i have ever made it just by luck i didn't look for it i didn't even wanted to be a professional dancer i was studying i was very busy studying but yeah it just the professionalism just came to me, like, as a professional dancer. And which was your uh, possible alternative profession? Who you, did you study <laughs> for? I studied mechanical engineering. Oh, so yeah. we are super lucky. <laughs> <laughs> but I never worked it as... Uh, I was studying and I finished my degree just to finish it because I, already, I was already a professional dancer. I was mm -hmm. dancing and making money, so I just finish the degree. But when you started working for the, that group uh, with a singer, was it still a more folkloric? Or? It was actually many things. It was folkloric, it was a little bit of modern, stuff like that, mm -hmm. yeah. Like uh, uh, songs and we make a choreography. He, he was a singer. His name is Samir Sabri. Mm -hmm. He's very well known. Mm -hmm. He's still alive until now. But at the time, he was like, really, you see it only TV and you hear only about it. I didn't believe when I get asked to uh, oh, awesome to work story. with him, and I worked with him, and I was managing his group actually. After that, I worked with him twelve years. Oh wow! Yeah, as a dancer, then choreographer, and then I was managing his group. That's a very uh, uh, almost like fairy tale story. <laughs> that things just happen yeah. at the right. But you were at the right place at the right time. Exactly. You were after yeah. rehearsal. I was just lucky. <laughs> yes, I was yes, just so. very lucky. So. And yeah. how did you transition into ballet dance world or oriental dance world? Look, uh, during my career as a dancer, I was always trainer. I was also sometimes I would taking choreographing gigs for like TV or movies or theater. So I was choreographer and trainer with some like good famous choreographers. Trainer, I had to teach the girls part and I had to teach the boys part. So being a trainer, it helped me so much to be a teacher because when you train someone, you teach them how to do movement. So this is how it comes because mm -hmm. when you teach women, you teach women's movement. You don't you don't teach man's movement. So the choreographer used to do the dance. I used to train the girls, and this is how it become easier for me. When I start teach, which was first time, it was two thousand and two. Of course, I worked on myself a lot before I get into business. I read about the dance a lot. 
I talk to older people a lot. I watch so many mm, dancers and teachers at that time. Rakia Hassan was one of them. She, I, I saw so many. I was like getting ready for it for about one year and a half before I actual being like actual teacher. Mm. So I got ready for it. I taught myself. I was watching others. I was choosing old dancers, new dancers. I was watching everybody, like getting myself educated to be a good teacher. So being a trainer, it helped me a lot to how to manage to teach, how to break the movement down. You know, it's, it, it, it helped me a lot. What do you consider as the main difference between, because you kind of differentiated right now, being a trainer helped you to be a good teacher. Mm -hmm. What for you personally is the difference between being a trainer and being a teacher? Okay. We are, as we all know, being a performer is something and being a teacher is a different thing. Mm -hmm. You can be a great performer, but not a good teacher. You can be a great teacher, you don't have to be a great performer. Mm -hmm. So it's two different skills. Training group, it's also different skills. You have to be patient. You have to know how to break the movement to show it to the other dancers, especially who are not really professional dancers. So it's a skills that you have to work on yourself. You have to, to learn it, how to do it. And of course, you have to have the talent mm -hmm. to, to be either one. You have to have the talent to be a good performer. If you have to have the talent to be a good trainer, you have to have the charisma to be a good teacher. You know, it's so many combinations and, and, and each one of them has specific knowledge that you, you need to know. If you can do both, that would be just perfect. But each part of it, it has a different skill. How to approach people, how to talk to them without insulting anybody. You know, like you need to be patient. You need to, need, you know, it's it's skills that you have to learn. Yeah, and also I guess the dynamics of group. Of course, group is very, that's a different, different skill. Of course, individual. yeah, that's a different talent. Yeah, one of your. Um, very known, one of the most known educational projects that you did and you're doing still is a series of educational videos, uh, Dance Like Egyptian. Yes. Do you think uh, it's a teachable skill to to learn to dance how Egyptians dance for foreign dancers? Actually, uh, I get so many very good compliments because my video is not just, uh, is not just uh, a dance video. People study movement, study how to teach, study how to approach people, mm -hmm. study musicality, study rhythm. In my DVD series, I teach actually so many because a lot of people, a lot of my students, they like to watch videos to, 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 to study how to teach. Mm. So the way I teach, the way I talk, the way I put things together... That's also, this is, I got this information from my students, from the people who tell me. So I, I get really happy because I help not just dance movement. No, I help people how to educate themselves to be teacher, how to handle a class. That's also a lot of people study from in, in my class as well, how to handle a class, how to break the movement, how to listen to the music, how to describe uh, lyrics, how to... How, how, how to teach, how to listen to music. 
because also listening to the music and dance to the music, it requires the skill. So in my DVD, I believe that it helps in so many, many ways. Mm. But if to talk in general, like even like dance, because it's a very uh, clear uh, concept and very clear message, which is also a great uh, marketing <laughs> approach. Like you, your message is very clear. You're not just teaching to dance. It's like uh, dancing like uh, Egyptian. Yes. And it appeals to a lot of ballet dancers. Right. So uh, I was wondering in your opinion, like, can a foreigner and e I mean foreign dancer, not from Middle East uh, originally, uh, can they actually learn to dance exactly like with this Egyptian? Yeah, there are, soul? there are so many. Should, uh -huh. There are so many, so many great dancers. They dance, they they interpret interpret the music really well. They translate the lyrics really well, and they dance to it really well. There is a lot of, around the world, a lot of very good dancers. Look, we are working with foreigners. If, I, if, if we are working with foreigners, it means we are teaching them. So they get to learn and they get to dance and they get to listen. Because a lot of foreigners, they work really hard to study more. And I get lots of questions about the dance just because the foreigner dancers want to learn it. Mm -hmm. And I, I appreciate that. And any question I get, I answer either in my workshop or in... or. In, on, on some messages or emails or in person or on festival, I always answer because I really appreciate the person who wants to know. You know, and that's why I'm going to open this topic now. Mm -hmm. That's why I do write a lot of information on Facebook. And yeah, I actually I want to say that that anytime I write information on Facebook just for education reason only. Not, not to point on anybody, not to point in any specific ones, not to, not, not to speak to someone. No, when I put any information about the dance or about the Egyptian dance, it just, it's a responsibility that I have. I am a teacher. I've been doing this business for over 30 years. I know a lot about it. And when I see some wrong information around, I have to correct it. I feel that's a responsibility of mine. And this is actually responsibility for any other teacher, either Egyptian or foreigner from any country. Mm -hmm. All the teachers need to know that they are educating students. And this is a responsibility to deliver to your students the right information. And if you don't know the right information, then they should ask. And that's why, one more time, I'm writing the information on online just just to educate people. You know, this is my culture. I've been I've been around a lot and I would like to see Saidi as a Saidi. I would like to see Baladi as a Baladi. I would like to see Egyptian dance as an Egyptian dance. There are, there is a lot of any other dance. I don't deny that, of course. There is fusion. There is there is Turkish, there is this and there is that. But when I speak about the dance, I speak about Egyptian dance. Mm -hmm. I don't speak about any other dance, not Turkish, not Lebanese, not Argentinian, not anything else. But I'm educating people about the dance that I know. What if you dance ballady? So if you call it ballady, this is the ballady it has to be. If you call it Saidi, then Saidi it has to be like this. If you call it Oriental, the Oriental has to be like this.
So that's why I keep writing information. And what's upset me sometimes that some people take it really personal. Like I don't want to approach anybody in personal. I don't want to point to anybody to talk to anybody. No, I'm just giving the information for anybody who wants to receive information. If you don't want to receive information, just ignore it. Just like like as it was. If you really need the information, just take it. If you don't need it, just leave it alone. That's uh, that, that that's that's the issue with me writing mm. a lot of because uh, I feel responsibility on my shoulder. I can just leave it. Then it's gonna be a like a lot of misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel uh, this is one of the uh, let's say issues or problems in Baladins community that people are too sensitive for any kind of critique, and sometimes yeah. they're eager to consider certain information as a critique and take it personal to them. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, as uh, as also I mentioned you earlier about the word on English an Oriental dance. Mm -hmm. Okay, let me clarify that mm -hmm. because Oriental dance it makes so many people confuse okay as we all know oriental orient people can be chinese can be asian can be many people but when we are dancer when we say oriental that we mean the egyptian dance or we are as an egyptian so don't take it as an this is the english word the oriental this is the chinese or asian or this or that no there is a term of belly dance as well, but we don't really say belly dance. Like Egyptians don't like mm -hmm. to say belly dance because it's actually, is not a belly dance. So that's why we don't like it. it. So we use the word for English, Oriental. For Arabic, Raksharki or Egyptian dance. So when we speak about being an Oriental dancer, it, does, it means of being an Egyptian dancer. So don't take it really sensitive. Oh, you're saying Oriental. This is Oriental. This is not Oriental. You know, so I just wanted also to clarify this word of Oriental. When we say Oriental dance, for us, for our community, not for Asia, not for Russia, not for this, not for that. When we are saying in a dance community, Oriental dance, it means for us, Egyptian dance. Mm. It's just funny how many recent interviews of the podcast that we had, that we come to this topic, to bring up this topic again and again. It is just another reminder that people sometimes too picky on exact words exactly. instead yes. of looking into which message that's or right. meaning the person that's tries right. to that's, deliver. That's absolutely right. I, I hope, again, when we speak about the dance, just for education, for, mm -hmm. for educational reason, not for anybody to, to feel offensive or no, he means me or she means me or she means other person. No. When we speak about dance, we speak in general, either me or any others, Egyptian or non-Egyptians. So when we speak about dance, only for educational reason, not to point on anybody, not to point any specific ones, just for the dance. Mm. Yeah, that, that's so true. And also just another like, uh, I don't know, there's something has to change in the mentality of dancers because uh, sometimes whenever we hear are the different, uh, well, information it's uh, discussable because there are some facts which are either true or false, but if we hear about opinions, if we have a different opinion, we right away get it negatively instead of just accepting we can have different opinions. Each one, exactly. Each one has its own opinion. And as we see now, so many different styles. Of course, I love to see it all. 
I love everything. I love, I'm a dancer. I study ballet. I study modern. I love salsa. I love tango. I love waltz. I love all kinds of dance. And I would love to do everything. But when we are critical about oriental dance, if you do an Egyptian dance, let it be an Egyptian dance. If you do fusion, let it be fusion. Uh, what's upset us when, when I see Saidi, oh, when you call Saidi dance, but it's actually not Saidi. It's yeah. some fusion or whatever else. If you say you're dancing ballady and I see something else is but not ballady, that's when I talk. Some people say, yes, leave us creativity. We need to be creative. Of course, I'm a creative. I'm an artist. I can be creative with a ballady, but I have to keep the roots of the ballady. I have to keep the mood of the ballady. I have to keep the music of the ballady. Be an artist. Develop the dance. We all develop the dance. Mm -hmm. What I dance today, they didn't dance 20 years ago. We are developing the dance. But in our circle, I cannot put on, I, I cannot add on the ballad dance jazz movement. It just doesn't work. You know, I cannot add on the ballad, uh, let's say, violin or kanun. It just, it's not there. I, I can't, instead of an accordion, uh, I do a keyboard. It just, that is just, can't work. You know, that's what I'm saying. Be creative. Use your own imagination. Use your own brain to develop the dance. Beautiful. But keep the roots. Keep the essence. Keep the musicality. Keep the feeling. That applies for any any uh, style of Egyptian dance applies for Oriental, applies for Saidi, applies for Baladi, applies for Shabi, applies for everything. If you keep the root, this is how it's difficult. This is how you, you, you have to get creativity to be in a circle and to be creative at the same time. To keep the root and to keep everything and to be creative. This is, this is the smart way to do, mm -hmm. but not to be creative at jazz movement on the ballet. That's not creativity. That's being out of roots. That's being out of musicality. That's being out of style. Yeah, be creative. I love to see new things. I love when I see, a, I, see I saw a lot of many dancers, new ideas, new great movement, but they are in the mood. I'd, I would love to see that. Mm -hmm. Be in the mood. Call yourself a ballet dancer or an oriental dancer, but do what you call. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it's it's such a I don't know. There's such a thin board. I don't know the it's on the thin ice as if you're walking because uh, there is a I don't know. Especially in 21st century, in many fields, not only in ballet dance, there are some. Uh, experimental uh, art pieces in different dance forms. Sure. So for dancers, uh, I absolutely understand what you mean and what what you uh, try to to deliver the message. And it's really important because what we see in ballet dance field sometimes that people 
they experiment, they not experiment, they substitute their lack of knowledge which would have a crazy experiments and then they teach it as a tradition. That's so the that's thing. one thing. But at the same time, I, I'm always like questioning is like, okay, but why can't we do completely crazy experimental things if person does it consciously Absolutely. and doesn't present it as a tradition? That's 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 my issue. Don't present it as a tradition, then do whatever you want. That's my issue only. Mm -hmm. Don't say I'm doing a traditional thing and you do like a crazy, could be beautiful, could be very pretty or very beautiful dance, very sophisticated dance, very good. Yes, but don't describe it as a tradition. That's, that's, that's the only issue. Be creative. Use any, any music with your creativity. Uh, I would love to see something beautiful, but don't call it traditional dance that's my issue you can be very creative you know i i, I dance myself a mission say which is not oriental mission say it i i made it for myself for my staff that's been something new this is i can call that tradition i don't describe it as a as a tradition i describe it as my style i describe it as my idea i describe it something fits me but I never call it something tradition. This is the this is the only thing I have. Mm -hmm. And uh, being being a developer and to develop the dance, you have to have base. You have to know the tradition to be able to develop the dance. You cannot be creative without knowing yeah. the roots, without knowing the basics, without knowing the real thing. If you don't know the real thing, you cannot be a deliverer. You, you, you cannot go higher with the dance. You cannot develop the dance. You need to study really, really, really well deep the traditional dance for you to be, to take it a step higher, to take this dance a step higher. We all do. I work very hard to take this dance a step higher, not for myself only, no, for everyone else. That's why I'm loud. That's why uh, I speak a lot about the dance. That's why I like to educate people. Just to take this, our beautiful dance, a step higher. Mm. What are the main uh, misinterpretations that you see um, about Egyptian dance that upset you? Because some dancers, uh, they go to workshop, they study from someone, they get this information, they trust this information, they mm -hmm. really believe sincerely that they are doing something right. But which are those misinterpretations that you see that you may help dancers to point for dancers so they become more aware about their own activities? It, it mostly, it mostly, uh, it comes with mostly folkloric, for ballady, uh, shabby, because anything comes from the local people. It has specific manner, it has specific style, it has specific style of music, specific style of dance. When you play with that, when you change that, when you change that manner to something else, that's when we talk and when, I, when we talk and people don't really understand why, why it has to be like this, it's because the music is like this. Mm. If we say, it have to be like this. It doesn't mean specific movement you have to add. No. Especially the baladi or the shabi, it's all about manner. It's all about being sensual. It's all about being grounded. 
not specific movement that you have to do. We all making up movements. For me to, to teach, to keep teaching for many, many years, I have to keep renewing myself. I cannot be same every time. I will not live for like a few years. But uh, you develop the movement upon the the music. This is upsets people sometimes, especially ballady topic. Because ballady for us is like really important. A really important interpretation, really important music. It has specific music sound. It has specific dance manner. It has specific dance feeling, you know? That's why for us, this is like a little... A little important. Mm. Uh, talking about the, this topic, I know one of the uh, sensitive topics about ballady is ballady and so-called modern ballady or ballady people, like say. Yeah. And uh, um, it, I'm just really curious about opinion how to deal with this situation because uh, uh, we had interviewed with Mario Kirlis, uh, mm-hmm. and he said like he had no intention to of invent new no, stuff. No, he just course. wanted to experiment, and he has a very strong background in traditional music, and he just wanted to experiment. He yeah. called it like new ballad, just to indicate it's not traditional, and then dancers picked up. Exactly. So now we have a situation that modern ballad doesn't make. Any sense terminology? Yeah. Words. Words modern. Words fusion. Word new. Word. Any word, if it comes after ballady, is wrong. Because if you say new ballady, then you will erase everything has been ballady and you are now able to do anything but not ballady. If you get fusion ballady, than fusion. You you are able to fuse everything with ballady. If you said modern ballady, I'm totally against this all those words. Ballady is ballady, period. Ballady, if we do ballady, it has to be an accordion and tabla and the dancer. Right. You know? So if you put any word before the word ballady, it allows you to be anything else. You understand? Except That's ballad. why I am <laughs> totally against new Again, it's modern. Again, it's ballady is ballady. Just about the music, ballady and new and old. No, the the, the famous uh, ballady sounds, which like Hassan Yahuli Dinena or or El Tet or Awadi, all these sounds are old because they are because they are known. They're very well known. It doesn't mean there is not not, not other sounds. No, there is a lot of ballady melodies and ballady accordion. It can be new, but in the style. I'm totally against old ballady and new ballady because ballady is ballady. When we say old ballady, it does mean it does means the music is older, not the style is older. But the tricky part is also even dance. It doesn't really have what we call as a modern ballad mm-hmm. or ballad in the ballad dance field. It has nothing to do with folkloric ballads, like two pieces, arabesque, a lot of like. It, we it's don't do not... that. Egyptian don't yes, do that. Exactly. That's why. Uh, how do you feel we can solve this issue now I in talked, ballad dance I world? I talked about it a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I I even have articles about it about ballad. It comes from. Local and by the way, ballady can can be only Egyptian. Mm-hmm. It cannot be anything else. 
you know, the word baladi, it's only Egypt, not even Arabic. It's only Egyptian. Because the baladi word, it doesn't describe music, doesn't describe dance. Baladi word, it describes uh, a specific people. They live in a specific area. They eat baladi bread. They, they wear baladi clothes. They, uh, they speak baladi. They manner baladi. So it's not, it's not a dance or it's not a music. When we say we dance baladi, we are dancing like them. The, when the baladi woman gets up in a wedding party in the street with an accordion, she dances like that. There is no back bend, there is no kick up, there is no boom, there is no tactic, no. It's a very grounded and very uh, peaceful and very uh, sensual dance. So that's why when I speak about baladi, I have the right to speak about baladi. Because baladi is only from Egypt. It's not like belly dance or oriental dance or raksharki. It's in Turkey, it's in here, it's in there, it's in all the world. It's cabaret, it's modern, it's this and that, it's fine. But when it comes to the traditional dance, then we have to keep it traditional. Mm-hmm. You know, be modern dancer, be creative, but just keep the, the music. It, yeah, the ballad is, is a hot topic because the ballad accordion, it has to be with the accordion. When the ballad plays with a keyword, it feels different. Yes. Why? Because the sounds of the uh, of the accordion, it's heavy, it's airy, stretchy. It's thought it has a specific feeling of dance. Keyboard, it's not. Keyboard is electric. Mm-hmm. So whatever you you press, it get the sound. There is no feeling of it. There is no heaviness. To it. It's it can give you the sound that you need if there is no accordion. But you cannot do a ballad piece on the keyboard because it has totally specific sounds. You understand? And the ballad, it has specific way of playing. Mm-hmm. It's only a coordinist who can do it. Or the accordion player played on the keyboard. It also can manage it. But... The accordion has very, very, very specific sounds that goes very well with balladji, not the keyboard. That's why when the, they made the keyboard on, on and the balladji sounds on a keyboard, it sounds different. When you dance, you dance differently because the sound of the music yeah. is totally different and you interpret the, the sound what comes from the instrument, either keyboard or violin or or an accordion, or oud, or qanun, each instrument has its feeling, its movement, its manner, its style. It's complicated, I know. Yeah, I know it's complicated. It's a very complicated topic, but I'm really... Um... So on one hand, absolutely agree, like, it has nothing to do with folkloric uh, ballad, nothing to do even with, uh, like, Egyptian dance, right. like, exactly. Yeah. But the... Uh, uh, music exists. 
and dance exists. And, and when dance exists. By circumstances, by a set of circumstances, we picked up as a dancer this and name. By and by the way, everyone knows what we are talking about when yes. we use this term. How to solve now this problem? By the way, <laughs> I love watching it. I love watching so it. So it's great from art from part point yes. of art of art. Yes. It's exper it's exactly what we are talking. It's example of experimental That's right. art. But we start using this term that everyone understands and everyone understands that it's not really correct term. Can we somehow to solve, solve it? <laughs> yeah, to solve it only by the name of what you do. Call it something else but no ballady. Ballady it's one piece costume, period. Exactly. Ballady yeah. makes with an accordion, period. Yeah. Anything else, call it whatever. I love watching. I was just in Argentina two weeks ago. I love watching them. They are amazing dancers. Mm -hmm. But don't say I'm doing ballady because this is confusion for the students. Ballady, we always say, we always known as it's one piece galabe, not two piece custom. Ballady has been doing with them music way with the uh, accordion so if you dance this type of music call it whatever but don't add the word ballady in it don't call it modern ballady okay now i'm ready to to do anything you see just one word change the whole thing yeah. i just don't know like it will be interesting to see in a couple of years because this style is relatively new still mm -hmm. i mean more or less but can we artificial now change it to any other name and suddenly start using it so everyone will start understanding? Like, it has to be some kind of natural process, but how? But like, that's call it oriental, yeah. call it, um, call it as the music you do, call it anything, you know, call it anything. <laughs> just, I would be happy. Topic, yeah. Yes, I would be very happy to watch it. I told you, I s four days in Argentina, every day I was watching shows oh. that are beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful costume, great dancers. By the way, also Mario is very intelligent to create such a music. Again, ballady, no. You know, ballady, mm -hmm. no. He can, of course, he, I, I don't think he has the accordion to do ballady, so he has only the keyboard to do ballady. It's different than what we do. Mm -hmm. Again, when I see it, when I listen to it, it's not the ballady that we know. It's not the ballady that we teach. And then my issue is, is not even me. My issue is the students who wants to learn this dance. You know, this is the only issue because you deliver wrong information to the students who really want to learn. Then they come to me and ask me, okay, what is what? Like, I'm lost. I don't understand anything. Please tell me what is what? What is this and what is that? What's different? That's only issue. It's not a personal issue, like I'm being proud of being Egyptian or, or how come this? No. My issue only because we are teaching generations. We are teaching students that they need to study. They want, they're eager to study. They travel from this country to that country just to be able to take my workshop or just to be able to take Mario Curse workshop. They travel to learn. So they deserve to get the right information. To, they deserve not to get confused. That's the only issue. The students who's paying a lot of money to travel, hotel and food, this and that. This is the only information. That's truly a confusing topic. And that's exactly what I'm trying like to dig deeper 
<laughs> into it, uh, like to clarify and even start like this discussion and thought process because uh, I think those kind of like terminology use it, it will come somehow naturally, but only if dancers will start using terms and dance consciously. So those discussions, uh, the more the better, I think. I think it will come somehow. Yeah. I, I think it will solve itself. We keep talking, as I told you, I love seeing different style. Mm -hmm. I love seeing, I love, love, love. I love dance in general. If I see something beautiful, I say, wow, it's beautiful. It doesn't have to be traditional Egyptian. I'm not like, uh, okay, if you do, if you don't do Egyptian tradition, no, you're not good. No, I love, I love, love, love all kind of dance. I appreciate the effort. I, I appreciate the training. I appreciate the travel. I appreciate everything the dancers do either Egyptian dance or non-Egyptian dance or Oriental or modern or whatever. I, I, I love to see the dance and I, I love to watch everything. But the issue is just the names. Mm. That's, that, that's it. That's actually it. It's very simple. If people understand it, there will not be confusion. Right. Just, just very, very, very simple things. Just the name. Like, I'm saying ability, uh, oriental dancer. Why are you saying oriental? Orient, this is from China. Everybody's oriental. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, I, when we say oriental dance, it means what I do. I don't do Chinese. I don't do Korean. I don't do Japanese. I do Egyptian dance. So when I, Muhammad Shaheen, saying oriental dance, so it's a dance that I know, the dance that I do, is I don't mean being Chinese or being Asian or being Russian or being this or being that. I only describe and I only be able to talk about the dance that I know mm -hmm. or about Egypt, not about anything else. Mm. Yeah, that's so, so to the point. <laughs> um, big part of your activities is also, along with teaching uh, and spreading uh, knowledge about Egyptian dance, is actually uh, producing the music. Yeah. I think you're probably the <laughs> most active <laughs> music producer for ballet dance community. Um, can you please tell how everything started? Like, what was your first idea or impulse to create CD, if you remember your very first CD? Yeah. Uh, look, I'm in love with music in general. Mm -hmm. Any kind of music. I l My place to be, to l forget the whole world, Music studio. When I'm in music studio, talk about dance. This is the only, this is the second actually healing place. Mm -hmm. My first healing place in my workshops, workshop place. That's my totally healing place. If I have the problem from all the world, when I step and start teaching, like I'm in a totally different world. I forget everything else. Same thing as I'm in a studio. When I'm in studio talking about music, I'm totally away from the world. I forget the world. I forget my phone. I forget everybody. I forget everything. This is how much I love music. And by the way, in my CDs, I manage everything. Uh, every Duman, every Tekken, every musician, every singer, every, every words in every music or every songs. I'm involved. I'm there in the studio while everything happening. Even when we create the music, we sit. Nadir Zakaria, he's, uh, he's my guy <laughs> that I work with him always. He deserves the best. He's a very, very, very intelligent composer, sounds engineer, arranger. He's like awesome. So 
we make a great team. We sit together and we speak about, okay, what's next? And I start my CD right after I finish one. Like, mm-hmm. okay, this is last music. Okay, what's next? Like, I never stop. Never, never. With the music, I'm, I'm a person who never stops anyway. Like, I'm workaholic. I like to work a lot. So with the music, yeah, I finish one CD and I start with the others. I finish one CD, I start with others. Just because my love of music and just because uh, I want to I wanna give the belly dance world good quality music because I put all my energy, a lot of money, a lot of creativity in each track on every CD. So I... I, I think this community deserves good quality music. That's why I spend all my energy. I spend a lot of money on it. First CD, it was a dream of mine to create my own music. Uh, when I start teaching, I'll start teaching with the music already uh, exists from others, mm-hmm. old and new. But I had always the dream to have my own music. I started doing music, I guess, mm, like eight years ago. What year are we? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like eight years ago, Uh I started. um, I was looking for composers, uh, somebody to understand me as well. It's very important to work with someone who understands me because I'm very picky. I'm a very detailed person. Mm-hmm. Like if I work with someone who doesn't understand me, we don't get along together. Why I love to work with Nader Zakaria? Because we already agreed on something. We agreed to do something really good for both of us. So he understand me. I understand him. When we sit together, we come up with something really nice. Mm-hmm. And by the way, my new albums coming soon oh again you yeah, want just uh, i i kind of feel still <laughs> and done and it's, <laughs> still yes. fresh which is a yeah. masterpiece already oh looking yeah. forward i've to it. finished already six pieces wow. i have two more to go i'm wow. going in december to finalize the uh the album what is the most challenging part of producing cd ideas hmm. what's next that's that's the most challenging when we decide what's next and how it's going to sound, then we sit and work. Okay, let's now work on the music. We have the idea. Like now, we we are trying to do something shabby, uh, new, with a lady who's going to dance, who's, who's going to singing. So we are in the process of finding the good lyrics for it, especially for a specific singer. So we make a whole... Uh, song especially for a specific singer female she has specific voice Mm -hmm. so we um, yeah now we are in process to finish the lyrics i still didn't approve it we're still changing some some words here and there but yeah this this is the most challenging part to find what you want to do next and then the music it comes with sitting together like a few few meetings, me and him, me and Nader, uh, talk, like we, we work little by little, we finish one part, okay, approved, okay, what is next, 
next part, approve, what is next? We are like always, always, always doing that already for eight years. Wow. <laughs> I have no idea how the music like process of creation uh, comes. Uh, like, for instance, if you chose uh, like this song, let's say you want to do new regiment of traditional songs, something mm -hmm. like... Probably it comes every time differently, but may, do you have any like funny stories or uh, exciting stories to how you came up with certain arrangement or yes, song? Yes, of course. Like that? Yeah, <laughs> uh, like for example, uh, sometimes you know I go to Cairo, I drive my car, and the only uh, radio channel that I open the old uh, songs. Mm -hmm. So. Every time I, 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 I drive the car, this is the only chance who, where I can listen to um, old classic songs. So sometimes I get the idea, okay, this music, I love this one. And immediately I have the arrangement in my head. Mm. So yes, this would be good if it sounds like this instead of that. It, immediately it works, like boom, I have it in my head. Like Dandana. When I heard it for the first time, I said, that's it. I know exactly what to do. And here is, here's the thing. My head creates the idea. And uh, when I have the idea in my head, it has to be in a reality the same as the idea. If it's not, I'm not happy. You know, that's why I'm a, a little difficult person to work with. Because I'm a very specific, no, I want it to be like this. I want mm -hmm. it to be like this. Okay, what do you think? All right, this is better. No, this is... But the idea is in my head, and it has to be... It has to be exactly the same as in my head. When I listen to all the music, I get the arrangement how it's going to look for a dancer. Okay, this music is good to be rearranged. This music is not. But when I heard Dandana for the first time, I said... That's it. I know exactly what to do. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's awesome. I know that a few years ago, or one or two years ago, you did um, a lot of activities of trying to spread awareness among dancers about copyrights uh, for music. Right. Can you also like, bring attention what was the main issue then? And do you feel it changed? People became more... Aware, aware yeah. or not. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know, we all know what copyright means. And this music, as I just mentioned, it takes a lot of work. It takes one year and a half to put together one album. It takes me to go to the studio every single night to work on each piece. For months, every day, I go to the studio work. Plus the amount of money that I pay. Like, really, a lot of money. I'm not going to mention how much, but it's really a lot of money. And once uh, I see a, a student of mine uh, telling me, send me a link uh, where my music is there. She said, listen, your music is there. It's okay, let me see. I thought one song. I thought two, thong, two songs. I opened the link. I see Muhammad Chinese music, album Ahlam, album this and album that. I said, wow. And by the way, this is free for anybody can go and download. And I saw a search bar. So I said, let me see, just type my name and see what's going to come up. I type my name. I see, sadly, very sadly, I see all my albums are there. Mm -hmm. 
even the newest one. I almost had a heart attack. You know, when you see this for for free. You know, it, it's it's very simple. Someone took the CD from someone else or buy the CD from me and just put it online for everyone else for free. I decided to see, okay, maybe it's maybe it's only me. No, I wrote few names, Ronda Camel, all her music, this artist, all her, why? Why? There is something called copyright. We are creating this music for you guys. We appreciate you. So you have to appreciate us back. At least let me get the money back. I don't want to win any, I don't want to earn any money from music. I don't make music to earn money. But at least give me my credit, you know. Uh, give me my credit. Give me, buy the CD. Buy the CD for two, three people. Don't buy CD for like million people. You know, then, then we will not be able to continue doing music. It's not how much work we do. It's also how much money we pay. It's a lot of tre tremendous money. I mean, a lot of tremendous money for a good quality music. In my music, I don't use keyboard for, 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 for the musician. No. I have all live music works on my, uh, on my music. It's a lot of money. So many people come uh, to the studio and record. So we pay a lot of money. Plus the, the rent of the studio, plus the sound engineer, plus this, plus that. It's a lot of money going out. So the, I decided to make the video because I was really angry. I was really, really angry. But made, made process, yes. A lot of people got to know mm -hmm. that they shouldn't do that. A lot of people still doing it, but at least I had some other people who got really to learn. And I'm glad I made that video. It was not only for myself, it was for all who's producing music, just to educate the students and who actually is doing that because also some young teachers who teach my music, take one of music of mine or Randa's or anybody else who's producing music and give this music to all her students. You're not just teaching, you're not just teaching on my music for free. No, you pass your music for everyone else in your class. Why you shouldn't, do, why you should do that? It's just very simple. You guys, you can buy this music from this website. This music is belong to Tito Safe. This music is belong to Muhammad Shaheen. This music is belong to Randa Kam. This music is belong to Khalid Mahmoud. Just give us credit for what we do for you. So don't take my music and just give it free. It happens uh, in few countries. I'm not gonna mention the countries, but it happens. Uh, I, I would ask everyone, if you decided to teach on my music or someone else's music, just give, give us credit. Tell your student to get it from online. Get your student to get it from us. Don't give just our music away just for free for so many people. That's what I'm asking everyone.
always and that's what i ask in my in the video that i made yeah like i feel that the music situation changed recently because i still remember when i was beginning and even traveling to egypt and those festivals you just buy literally pirated cd yeah from any teacher regardless of the country i remember they were charging without any cover it's like literally it's yeah, visually just music. <laughs> and then you pay and it's a bunch of songs that uh, sometimes they don't even have a list you just paying blindly for some cd yeah. and then half of the songs you know it's you for sure from someone else yeah now it's less i feel it is less because yeah. people get more educated mm -hmm. about that about the music yes by the way, I also noticed that your recent CDs, uh, it's very difficult to find uh, digitally, to buy, no. to buy. <laughs> there are. There's on CD Baby, you can buy it digitally. You can buy it from my website, mohammedshaheen.net. You can buy any DVD actually digitally. You can, you can buy it digitally. You don't have to be delivered to mm -hmm. your house. Any CDs of mine, you can buy it digitally. Digitally from my website, if you... Don't know my website, just write me on Facebook. I'm available. And uh, like those, uh, uh, I mean, you mentioned CD Baby, like by, for instance, another like big uh, uh, music platform like yeah, iTunes. Because yeah, yes. uh, your older CD is there, easily available there. For it's last for, ones. For sure, uh -huh. is on CD Baby. CD Baby. And so my website. The, the that's, <laughs> that's the source. And CD Baby distributed in iTunes or mm -hmm. Spotify or Apple Music or Amazon, mm -hmm. but for sure, 100%, all my albums on CD Baby and also on my website. Mm -hmm. If you, if anyone want music or DVDs, either get it from my website, mohammedshaheen.net, or just shoot me an email or write me on Facebook, Instagram. I answer. Mm -hmm. I answer sometime when I have time. Well, that's great news. So for anyone who is listening now, and if someone got confused just like me, <laughs> oh, I can't find it digitally. Yes. Now you can at least know that they do exist. You just yeah. need to be persistent and maybe yes. contact Mohammed. And I actually exactly. sell it not just MP3 format. No, it you 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 get it with the CD cover, mm -hmm. with the song translation as well. Oh, not that's just very the music. very yeah. cool. Yeah, so I have I have a file which contains everything else, music translation and the CD cover. So you have the whole the whole package. That's great. And I definitely will add links to your website and to your social media in the show notes to this episode. So Thank our you. listeners, you already know <laughs> the, the drill. You can always go there to uh, get all links. Um, before I ask you our final uh, closing signature question of the podcast, is there anything that you wish uh, dancers were... Uh, asking you more often about <laughs> you know it's so different question of course about the things i write on facebook or write on the internet in general but mostly they, they i get questioned a lot about the performance about music about like today i was teaching melayalaf i get a lot of questions right after the workshops what they have to wear what color it's so many varieties mm -hmm. of, of questions, but about the dance. But is there anything that you feel dancers are missing out and you wish they were paying more attention to some kind of topics? Maybe something on your mind. You mean specific area, specific country, or... No, it really depends. Like, in general, that you wish that dancers were trying to educate themselves more about that. I can tell you what I remember right now, because mm -hmm. I was teaching Saidi yesterday. Recently, I, I have seen... A uh, little confusion about Saidi. Saidi is, as as I mentioned earlier, 
it's an Egyptian folklore. Some dancers, they mix Saidi with Dabke. Mm. So that's I have been seeing recently. I've been always saying Dabke and Saidi, they are not one thing. Saidi is from Egypt, Dabke could be from Lebanon, from Palestine, but it's not Egyptian. So just be aware, study more about Saidi. And that come, now I'm talking to the teachers more than the students. Educate yourself more about the traditional dance, either Egyptian or Ukrainian or Russian. Mm-hmm. If you want to do a folkloric dance, just study the folkloric. And if you want to be developer, as we were talking earlier, be in the same circle. Don't add someone else's dance. You know, like like I was saying today at workshop. What about if? Uh, uh, I dance Ukrainian dance with belly dance costume. It just doesn't work. Ukraine is Ukraine, Egypt is Egypt, or Oriental is Oriental. So keep, yeah, keep Saidi Saidi, keep Dabki. I love both. I dance Dabki myself, mm-hmm. but uh, I don't like to see it mix, mm-hmm. especially in a competition. Especially probably if it's done unconsciously by just by mistake. <laughs> if it's not experimental consciously. By mistake. She have to be learning from someone else because yeah. a lot of students, they just copy their teacher yeah. and the teachers cannot be by mistake. Then it's not a teacher. If you do, if right. a teacher teach that by mistake, then you are not a teacher. Students. Yes. Because the students, they try to study. They try to get knowledge, but I speak more to the teachers mm-hmm. than, than, uh, more than the students. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm always loud. They, they see me always loud. Maybe I'm the only one who like keep talking. I wish I'm not the only one. I need more voice. I need mm. people talk more to keep this dance uh, the way it is and the way it was. Well, I'm looking forward to see uh, how it will be in the future because it will be very interesting uh, development <laughs> <laughs> even further. Like today, like it's so changing everything. Yeah, of course. So it will be interesting. Yeah, the internet changes everything. Yeah. YouTube changes yeah. everything. Facebook changes everything. But the most important to look for the right information. Yeah. You can get any information on on uh, on the internet, either right or wrong. But would you need someone to clarify if it's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Everything is available on the internet. Just mm-hmm. be aware where you get your information. Mm-hmm. This is very important. Well, that's true. And uh, thank you for sharing uh, your knowledge and opinion today and taking time to, to talk. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm pleasure. really glad. Yes, it's been a long time. We wanted to do this and finally it's good. And I'm happy that I was able also to to speak about many things. And when people hear that, they will understand me more. It's always, as you were saying, Speaking is a lot louder than writing a text. It's more relatable, I guess, because we yeah. can uh, go... Uh, text can be always misinterpreted That's with whatever right. intonation you put on top of it. And That's sometimes right. we are too tending, uh, too tempting to get some negative yeah. flavor on it. <laughs> whatever yeah. it's written. Well, yeah. 
thank you so much for your time and um i'm very curious also to ask our last signature question I, every episode every interview i finish with this question and okay. we partially sort of mentioned about it we started with it but it's cool to sort of sum up uh you're welcome to interpret it as you want it okay. it's a personal question so oh, get ready okay. all right all right interesting <laughs> uh so our question is what makes you fall in love with belly dance or oriental dance again and again, so you keep doing it for so many years? Look, it became, first of all, it became how I get my living. It became my job. Before it becomes my job, it was my love. So this is what I believe. As much as you love what you do, as more as you get successful. So I really in love, as I told you, with dance and music in general, regardless, Egyptian, American, uh, Ukrainian, whatever. I love dance, I love music, and that's why I keep doing it until now. Actually, I don't know if I was dancing, what I would, what else I would be doing. Oh, probably engineering. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm sure if I was, I wouldn't be love engineering as much as I love dance. Mm. That's a valuable skill in yourself like actually yeah. find something truly uh, that you love and do it and I'm glad that I was able more than half of my life I was able to work and do what I love until now well we are glad to <laughs> that you chose dance <laughs> oh, thank you thank you Anna, very much that's it for today guys but before you go away don't forget to screenshot this episode and share it with your friends and if you post it on social media please tag me and our guest because we love seeing who is listening to the podcast thanks for being with us and i'll see you next week same time same place